This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Today is Friday, October 11th, 2019. On this day in 1969, 29-year-old cab driver Paul Stein was murdered by the infamous Zodiac Killer. Despite a myriad of claims and rumors, Stein is the Zodiac's last confirmed victim. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today we're discussing the murder of Paul Stein, a cab driver who gave a ride to the Zodiac Killer on the night of October 11, 1969, and was killed in his car after reaching his destination. Had it not been for a communications breakdown within the police, the Zodiac Killer's 10-month-long killing spree might have ended that night. Before we discuss the hunt for the elusive Zodiac Killer, let's go back to the evening of October 11, 1969. 29-year-old Paul Stein didn't like to define himself as a cab driver. That was his night job, meant to support him as he pursued his doctorate in English at San Francisco State University. He was even gearing up to quit, just a few months before, he'd been mugged by a passenger, and ever since, he'd felt a tinge of worry whenever a stranger got in his car. Stein had decided that cab driving wasn't for him, but he still needed to work the job while he found something else. And so, on the night of October 11th, Stein and his yellow cab were cruising through San Francisco's theater district. He picked up a new fare at some point around 9.30 p.m. The passenger was a white man. Even in the brightly lit intersections that surrounded San Francisco's Union Square, the shadows seemed to dance across the passenger's face, keeping him in a gloomy shroud. Washington and Maple, the man said in a near whisper. He didn't speak again. Stein started the meter and pulled away. It takes an average of 18 minutes to reach Washington and Maple in the Presidio Heights neighborhood from Union Station. Stein's passenger remained silent for the entire ride. Stein didn't mind that. He'd been driving a cab for long enough to expect all types. 
He'd had passengers that told him their entire life story from the back seat of his cab. Others, like tonight's ride, kept silent, speaking only to request a destination. Stein thought about turning on the radio, but decided against it. All of the stations were talking about one thing anyway, the Zodiac Killer. Just two weeks before, two students had been tied up and stabbed by a man in an executioner's hood over at Lake Berryessa. The getup was weird enough, but the guy had also been writing letters to the city's newspapers, sending puzzles for people to solve. The city was on edge, wondering when the next attack was going to come. Stein didn't want to think about it. He opted for the ambient din of the passing city instead. If the passenger minded, he didn't speak up. Stein reached for the meter as he pulled over at the corner of Washington Street and Maple Street. Wait, the shadow-shrouded man whispered from the back seat. Pull on up. Stein didn't speak. He just nodded as he put the cab back in gear. Maybe the guy had gotten his address wrong. It happened all the time. Where to? Stein asked as the cab cruised along Washington Street. Here. The man said suddenly as the cab approached the next intersection after Washington and Maple. Stein pulled over and turned off the meter. The man owed $6.25. He leaned forward from the back seat, reaching into his pocket. To get his wallet, Stein supposed, he didn't even see the gun. The passenger raised his 9mm pistol and fired point-blank into Stein's head. Stein was dead before his head hit the steering wheel. The killer exited the cab and moved around it to the front passenger door. He opened the door and reached in to pull the keys from the ignition. He pocketed them. Then he snatched Stein's wallet from his pocket and began to rip his shirt apart. The killer didn't know it, but he was being watched. Three teenagers in an apartment across the street phoned the police shortly before 10 p.m. They reported a man, white, maybe between 25 or 35, with reddish-brown hair and heavy-rimmed glasses. They could likely see Stein's body from their vantage point. Down in the cab, the killer grabbed a swatch of Stein's torn shirt and took off down Cherry Street. Patrol officers Don Falk and Eric Zelms were the closest to the crime scene. As they made their way toward Washington and Cherry, their dispatcher gave them an update on the suspect. He described the man they were looking for as a black male. So when Falk and Zelms passed a heavy-set white man walking away from the crime scene, they thought nothing of it. They hurried to the scene. Only then did they learn that the dispatch had mixed up the suspect's description. Falk and Zelms both realized that they had very likely just passed the killer. Coming up, a manhunt sweeps the surrounding blocks. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. 
and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Now back to the story. Paul Stein was murdered in his cab 50 years ago today, on October 11, 1969, in San Francisco's Presidio Heights neighborhood. A manhunt ensued as police searched the surrounding blocks, but it was too late. The killer was gone. The murder was not initially linked to the Zodiac Killer. The crime didn't fit his usual M.O. All of the other known Zodiac attacks had occurred in secluded areas, and the victims had all been couples. The gun that the killer used to kill Stein also did not match the suspected weapons used in the other attacks. It was the Zodiac himself who led the police to suspect that there was more to Paul Stein's murder. Since August of 1969, the Zodiac Killer had been mailing letters to the San Francisco Chronicle, the San Francisco Examiner, and the Vallejo Times. In these letters, the killer took credit for his crimes, taunted the police for their inability to catch him, and sent bizarre ciphers that he challenged the police to try and solve. It was also in these letters that the killer had shared his name, the Zodiac. The killer had not sent a letter in several weeks. The newspapers had not heard from him even after the events of September 27, 1969, when the Zodiac had killed Cecilia Shepard and attacked Brian Hartnell. But on October 13, two days after Stein's death, the San Francisco Chronicle received a new Zodiac letter. It read, I am the murderer of the taxi driver over by Washington Street and Maple Street last night. To prove this, here is a blood-stained piece of his shirt. I am the same man who did in the people in the North Bay area. The San Francisco police could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly. The letter included a bloody scrap of Paul Stein's shirt. The witnesses who had initially called the police worked with a sketch artist to produce a composite sketch of what they believed the killer looked like. This was widely circulated, but to no avail. The Zodiac Killer wrote another letter to the San Francisco Chronicle on November 9, 1969. In it, he claimed that he actually spoke with some police officers on the night that he killed Paul Stein. This is likely untrue. Officers Falk and Zelms reported that they had just seen the man passing on their way to the scene and realized after the subject's description was updated that they might have missed him. Still, if the man that Falk and Zelms saw really was the Zodiac, then that was the closest that the police ever got to catching him. Between December of 1968 and October of 1969, the Zodiac Killer brutally attacked seven people, killing five of them. He seemed to resurface at least once more in 1970 when he attempted to abduct a woman named Kathleen Johns and her infant child. Kathleen later linked her attacker to the police sketch of Paul Stein's murderer. The Zodiac Killer continued to send letters to the San Francisco Chronicle over the next few years. 
In some, he claimed credit for murders that had occurred in the San Francisco Bay Area, but the police were never able to definitively connect him to any of those crimes. Today is the 50th anniversary of the Zodiac's last known murder. The killer's identity has never been discovered. As time continues on, it seems unlikely that it ever will. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Colin McLaughlin. I'm Vanessa Richardson. <laughs>